like being saved is more than me just landing in heaven with a green yard yeah. and a big house. Yeah. Me getting saved is knowing God, being in his presence and having him change me. And that doesn't have to wait until heaven. That's right. That, and there that's we now. go. Hey, this is Popelt's podcast. We're back. Episode three. Yeah, I am Bo Steele. This is Pastor Jeff Turner. And, uh, in case you're here and not from our church, this is a podcast of Camino Chapel. Yeah. 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 I, I can't believe this is like third episode. We're actually doing this. We're like doing we, it. We didn't this like it. We didn't after week two say, uh, let's just give up on it. So I'm glad if you're yeah. watching, you're hanging in there for more weeks to come. Yeah. Did you go look at any of those boots I told you about last week? Ooh, I, <laughs> you sent me some. And oh my goodness, yeah, the yeah. prices on some of these—the ostrich skin boots. Is See, that you're that, like that's just like, but dude, that's just like ostrich skin is just like your mid-level luxury. It's like okay, you okay. Can get you can get ostrich skin like eight hundred to a thousand dollars, you know. But like the other crazy ones I showed you, like was it like the alligator? Is that the one that yeah. was like the almost sixteen? thousand dollars for a pair of boots so if you'd like to bless me this december and i'm just kidding (laughs) i don't want alligator skin that just feels like that's a little bougie getting some preachers and sneakers vibes over here did did you see all that when that came out yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah i don't wear sneakers i just wear cowboy boots Uh, that's it so i always always want to ask you what are you drinking today um, I, it looks like coffee, but I'm just drinking water. <laughs> he just wanted to look cool. Like I got the cool cup. Well, and I got a rep, the auto clinic here, my wife's work. They do some great stuff. Sweet. Not to go too into it, but sure. yeah, they just, um, they help repair cars. They do oil yeah. changes and brake jobs for struggling families and moms in need. That's so cool. That's Man. really cool. I love it. I need a good auto coffee clinic. cup. I'm still... Rocking Dr. Pepper today. I'm hoping like Dr. Pepper would sponsor us. I think that would just be amazing. Like if they saw this enough, they're like, hey, we got this Texan guy up there in Washington. He's drinking our Dr. Pepper. So those are like the dreams for the podcast is to have Dr. Pepper sponsor. Come on, Dr. Pepper. Just the whole background (laughs) is just Dr. Pepper. We'll just totally cave in and everything will be about Dr. Pepper. Welcome to the Dr. Pepper (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Just like... Oh, man, that's just funny. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're here. We're here. Week three. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk stuff, man. Um, I kind of came at it yesterday. I was pretty fired up. Yeah. Talking about... Nehemiah 3. Um, there's a lot kind of going on. I think we're still on. in Nehemiah 2, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Third week, Third Nehemiah, week two. Nehemiah 2. That's right. Thank you for correcting me. So um, we hit like a lot of different things. Kind of like we have been the last couple of weeks. It's like each sermon has like 12 sermons in it. Um, man, so this is, this is just kind of where I'm at. As I'm thinking through this book and I'm thinking about where we are as a church. I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm just going to kind of dive into it and see Go for where, it. where it goes. All right. Um, so I made this statement that for me, um, I have, th- this may get me in trouble. I hope it doesn't. I-, I made this statement that I have no desire to be this quote unquote career pastor. And what I meant by that is, um, you hear about the career politician that's yeah. sort of like in office for 47 years, 
hasn't done anything. They're just there to get a paycheck and just make sure things are all right. And I just, mm. I, I have a real problem with that. Um, now I say, I don't want to be a career pastor. I want to be a pastor as long as God's yeah. called me to be what, but what I mean by that is I, I am not comfortable with the church just being a place that we just are okay with things. We're just okay yeah. with the, the cults around us. The and, country club church, as I call it. Yeah, you know? it's like we just have a good place for you to come and have a good seat to fill and yeah. uh, get your coffee. And, man, we're just going to give you a good message today, and the music's going to be top-notch. And I just walk away kind of filled up. And, you know, Jesus tells me in the Word of God, this is what a lot of us forget. He says, I came to bring a sword. And that ought to make you shiver a little bit to think, or tremble at least, to go, okay, what is what is Jesus doing? And and he has this ministry. He's teaching. There's miracles. He is driving demons out. Yeah. And he starts disclosing to his disciples that, like, I came to die. And, and even asked Peter, like, who do you say I am? And he says, you're the son of God. He starts. And so there comes these deliberate moments for Jesus where he's going, um, I actually didn't come to bring peace, so to speak. That what we think we're this yeah. sort of like, he's like, what the message is going to be brought is going to divide families. It's going to divide your brothers. It's going to divide your mom and dad from you if you choose to believe it. And so what that tells me is that the kingdom of God that Jesus brings is so radically different than the yeah. world system around me that I, as someone in the church following Jesus, my life should look and be radically different than the world around me. And so I'm not, I don't sit well with just status quo Christianity. Yeah. Let's just build up our little church and let's just... And it's know. not to say that like coming to church and hearing the message and entering in worship right. is a bad thing, but those things should lead to something, right? Those things should push us to living out the kingdom of God. Yeah. So you you get to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah says, man, I've been walking around at nighttime with a couple of guys. He hasn't told anybody yet. He's like, I want to, it's almost like I'm going to get to it, but I'm listening to God and I'm walking around with the guys around me that are going to help shape this thing. And, and maybe I'm getting feedback from them. I'm, I'm implying in the scripture. I shouldn't do that all the time. But listen, Nehemiah then goes to the guys, the priests and nobles and all that. And he says, hey, the place is on fire and let's Let's build the walls. Come, let us build the walls so that we're not in disgrace anymore. So there's a yeah. real, actual big problem. And so the the priests and the nobles and the people there go, let us build. Let us arise and let's do it. And then the part of the status quo thing that really just irks me is, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshel. These yeah. three guys that have some high rank in the area, Samaria, the Transjordan, they're around, they're under yeah. the king of Persia. And they're like, we don't like this. Like, I mean, have, has, is the king on board? I mean, this, this, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. sort of going, this is going to disrupt what we kind of got going on because we've, we've kind of been taking advantage of Jerusalem. We wouldn't say that outright, but this is <laughs> ruining our plans. Yeah. We lack status quo. And for sure, I, I think, I think, um, I don't know where that takes us, but for me, as a as a follower of Jesus, I I want to live differently. Uh, yeah. I want 
to experience differently. I want the world around me. This is what we talked about in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus tells us how to pray. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And it's just, there is something so radically different. And I want to get, I want to hear you talk a little bit about this. The kingdom, when you and I think about this aspect of heaven to earth, yeah. it, it's, it involves a view and a picture of the majesty and the power of God in heaven, that He is over all counsel, yeah. every angelic <clears throat> being, over all scope of history, that bringing heaven to earth is, is bringing His glory here. And Jesus did that, and He calls us to follow in suit. So I think there's something yeah. about that that is so radically different than status quo Christianity. For sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole concept of, of the kingdom of God is, I mean, it's a big part of what Jesus talked about, right? Mm -hmm. All throughout the Gospels. And I think we oftentimes miss what that truly means. Mm -hmm. um, because, And I want to be careful about how I word these things, but, yeah. like, when we... And I... I love my country. I love where I'm at. Yeah. I, I, I respect like our, our flag and what it stands for. And those who served in the military, I am so grateful. My dad was a Marine. Yeah. Hoorah. Yeah, uh, there you go. Also, I feel like the Bible calls us to be in allegiance to the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of America. Sure. And I feel like that doesn't mean I disrespect America and what it stands for, but also my first allegiance should be to the kingdom of God always. Sure. So I think what I would, how I would tease that out is those things are not opposed to each other, but when one of them becomes opposed to the kingdom of God, you have to follow suit first. Yeah. Right? So I, my hope would be, I love my country. I yeah. love America and I love the freedoms God's given me. So my idea and my truth would be, I live in the kingdom in such that it would cause me to change and get invested in the into my country yeah. so that it, it continues to be a beacon of hope and truth. But when there are things that come opposite of God that I look and go, okay, you know what? I, I can't, that's yeah. not lined up with the Bible, but it doesn't mean they're opposed to each other. It means uh, I have to see first, second, third lens that yeah. I follow the kingdom and that causes me to invest differently right here, right now, at the expense of what I want to do. You know, And I think where I, I can be a little careful is because I've seen in some instances where um, people almost talk about their loyalty to the country either over their loyalty to the kingdom of God or as one and the same. So I'd like to take this on a route because that's a good that's a good springboard. Yeah, into something that I would say is even a, a deeper issue than just how you view the country and that sort of thing. Because I I'm a I'm a patriot and I yeah. I will fight for this country. But I think the for deeper sure. implication is that for a lot of us, instead of the kingdom of God being what I seek first, that's what Christ told me to yeah. seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added unto you. So what I do is, what a lot of people do, I feel like, they have attached Christianity as just another badge 
another logo onto a shirt full yeah. of logos. So, so I have an identity that's made up of this, that's made up of this. So imagine if there's like patches on a sleeve or like yeah. a jacket, like, and, and also I'm this person, I'm a president of this club and I like to do this. We have these things that make up our identity. Yeah. And so Christianity is like it's just, a, just another, another one. Yeah. It's just another label. It's, so what happens is I get to pick and choose from different ones and I get to love this label and this identity. So you're yeah. like, you're like, I am the president of my barbecue club. And then I'm also this, I'm also a dad and I'm also whatever. Yeah. And so Christianity just becomes another idol. And I go to that one when it's convenient to yeah. go to that one. But when it's not convenient, I move over and I like this one a little bit more. And I have almost like divided allegiances. Yeah. I don't know if that to, makes sense. Well, to continue in that metaphor, Christianity, it should be the whole shirt, right? <laughs> like the, the whole shirt I'm wearing should be Christianity. Yeah. And then I can put those pat. Not, not saying that like I'm putting that on Christianity, but like then those other things become part of my, who I am, part of my personality, but all through the lens of Christianity first. Well, one, how this plays itself out. Now, I am not... <laughs> I'll be careful. Like You're yeah. like, man, I, I am the president of my barbecue club. I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> I, what, I would, what I would say yeah. is it should cause me to see the arenas of leadership that I'm in in my whole life to see the gospel lens first in how I walk and move and operate in those arenas. So for instance, instead of me saying I'm this and then this and then this, and I have, I'm a part of this and I'm uh, this up makes who I am. For instance, you said you're, well, I'm, I'm going to go that route. Just, we all, we love to have different things that make up our identity. So let's say you're part of a club and part of a group of guys, instead of it being, okay, my church Jesus thing is flipped off so that I can go be a part of this club. And now I operate here and I'm with this group of guys. This is different than my church thing. And I feel really awkward because when I, when I leave this room, I flip this one off and I go be with my Jesus people and I flip that one on. Yeah. What it ought to be is that this kingdom lens, I know not everyone's watching, you're listening to this. So imagine you have a pair of glasses on. I then see every arena that I'm in through that lens. Yeah. So instead of it being, I'm a part of these things in my life just because they give me value or identity, I see them now as I'm involved in that and that whatever I do in my world in order to spread the kingdom of God in that arena. So it's not opposed to each other. Yeah. And I think that's a, uh, I would think that's a great way to view how we do life in our country. Yeah. So that it's not opposed to each other. It's that I have to see what I do in my country, what I see in my city, where I live, in my family, at church, the clubs I'm a part of, the identity I am, that the kingdom, I seek it first, and that should flow into everything that I do. For I sure. think that is bucking up against status quo Christianity where yeah. I just go to church I just raise my family. And those things are great. Listen. Those things are wonderful. Raise your family. Go to church. Yeah. Pray. But sometimes we do live like there are different things that I'm involved in, and I kind of turn it off, and I turn this on. I don't know if I, that makes any sense or if, like, yeah, well, I'm, I just, think, <laughs> I'm just blabbering. No, no, like, no, no. I, um, one thing you were mentioning before we started recording was, like, 
how sometimes we can live as though the kingdom is already here fully. Yeah. And, and we're doing these things, like you're saying, we're, we're living our life, we're, we're supporting our family, and those are all great things, mm-hmm. but we need to live like we need to live life in the truth that like the kingdom of God is here, but not fully yet. Yeah. And God wants to use us to continue that work of bringing in the kingdom. Right. Yeah. yeah. Am I correct in that wording of how I'm saying that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think of it like this. Um, so as, as a dad, uh, I am very much aware of the spiritual warfare that goes on in my family. And not even speaking to just like a pastor. I'm just as generally as a dad who loves Jesus, who has a beautiful wife and kids, I'm aware that there are influences on my children. There's influences on my wife, on my home. And so I, as the dad, have to step up to spiritual leadership. This is, this is kingdom stuff. Yeah. So I can just see that my role is to provide and to protect. And I would say that's like, that's just, that's just level basics of being a dad, right? That's like ground zero, like that you would provide and protect, love your family. But it's like, if I go deeper into this route, I need to see with kingdom lens that there's a bigger war going on, not just a war against my (laughs) income and having food to eat. There's a bigger war going on against my kids' welfare in the kingdom of God as they grow spiritually. So then what I have to do is I can't just be okay with this basic level. Okay, and let me think of it like this. This may I've used this example so many times, it's so worn out. Uh, and you're going to laugh because you're like, yes, I've heard this 12,000 times. Um, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I could get married to my wife and say I love her at the altar. And then we move in together, and we have kids, and I have a job, and we go to church, and that's it. And I never tell my wife I love her. I never think about little trips with my kids. I don't think yeah. about reading the Bible. It's just like, well, yeah, well, I'm married, and I got kids. And man, yeah. what? what's – okay, that's great. You just – you kind of accomplished just a basic of – yeah. and I don't even think some people are hitting the basics – I mean, that's, I don't want to be rude here, but I've met many men that don't even do that. So, and I say men, women as well. What I'm then kind of teasing it out is like, as you grow deeper in your walk with the Lord, well, let me go back to the wife piece. Yeah. So I could just do all those basics and my wife be struggling, doesn't feel like she can connect with me, but I go, Hey, but honey, I told you, I love you. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I told you five years ago at the wedding. I yeah. Love you. Well, I met you at the aisle, you know, whatever. Yeah. Your dad gave you know, whatever. And what are you talking about? And, and I would just be hitting a very basic level. Right. But, but yeah. there's, but there's so much more to this relationship. So it's going on dates. Yeah. It's over the many years that we will be married to get to know her and she's going to change and I'm going to change and we're going to morph and being attentive and praying for her. So what happens is when pursuing that relationship constantly. Yeah. So it's no, so take that idea of me being in marriage with my wife. Yeah. Growing with her, loving her, working out all the nitty gritty details. Right. Status quo Christianity. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So many people, are just very comfortable with, well, yeah, I, I gave my life to Jesus in 1997. Mm-hmm. Like it's real, it's not a, 
well, what else you want, brother? I mean, like I got yeah. baptized and I, I throw a few bucks at the church and like, yeah, get off my back. And it's like, okay, man, we got, we got salvation covered. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, you come to church every once in a while when you're not on the boat or fishing or golfing or whatever, like you are what I would call status quo Christian. You're okay with just having said, I made a decision for the Lord Yeah. back whenever. And like, okay, well, how has Christ changed you? How has Christ transformed yeah. you? How has Jesus, the, the kingdom, how does Jesus transform everything that I see? Yeah. My marriage, my kids, what we're reading at home, what we're watching, the events we go to, the way that I'm shaping my family, how I'm serving at yeah. the church. Do you see serving at the church as like, well, yeah, I volunteer and yeah, I just kind of do it because it's the good Lord up above is making check marks when I show up. And it's like, no, you've missed yeah, it because at some sure. point you're going to say, well, I'm tired. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you haven't seen the big reality of what you've been called to. And so if the kingdom is bringing heaven to earth, yeah. then it is me deeply invested in knowing God. Yeah. And, when, and, and continuing, like you were saying, like with the analogy of the wife, like pursuing that relationship, continuing to pour into that. And I think um, one thing I want to mention, you were talking about like being transformed, like how has God transformed your life? I think when I hear that, when I've heard that in the past, I assume transformation is like, like boom, like yeah. it's an instant thing. It's immediate. But it's not. Yeah. A lot of the times, like sometimes there's people who are saved in immediate transformation, like God just wrecks their world. Yeah. But a lot of times it's a continual daily pursuit of Christ. Yeah. That over time, if you look, if you take a moment and look like, oh, 10 years ago, I was a completely different person. And yeah. now God has transformed me into this. And neither is wrong. Neither is yeah. one isn't less than the other. They are both complete works of God and like fit in that pursuit of the kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. So you take the person that says, I, and this is, this is a question I, I ask people sometimes, and this is what I'll ask. Why, why did you want to get saved? People are like, well, I mean, uh, so I can go to heaven. Okay, and, and so let's just, I'm not diving into eschatology, but yeah. okay, so, so why do you want to go to heaven? Well, I mean, when you really start thinking about this answer, it's really telling of what the biggest goals of life are for us. Well, I mean, I don't want to go to hell. Okay, so what's in heaven that's better than hell? Well, I mean, I guess like I, I get a, I guess it's like, it's like at peace, okay? So what makes it at peace? Well, um, and just kind of dive yeah. into really getting drilling into why you why'd you get saved? And I mean, what, if your eschatology was formed in the '90s through audio <laughs> adrenaline, then you're then you're saying like, oh, it's because I want a big house, yeah. with lots of food, and yeah. a yard where we can play football. Yeah, man, I want to like be at the buffet every day, and I'm hoping that there's brisket at every meal. You know that song, right? Oh, oh yeah, dude, oh, yeah. grew up on some '90s, which we need to have a whole podcast on '90s Christian music. Yes, I still love some DC talk, man. Oh yeah, I was the Jesus Freak album. Like when that came out, I thought. Who needs to listen to any other music? Did we yes. <laughs> we've <laughs> hit it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so going back to the, okay, why why did you get saved? Why do you want to be saved? Well, so I can go to heaven. So what's in heaven? 
well, a big house and a big yard and my wife's there and food and, okay, just name the things. Well, okay, is Jesus a part of any of that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, why would... And so this is where I drive into, like, being saved is more than me just landing in heaven with a green yard and a big house. Yeah. Me getting saved is knowing God, being in His presence, and having Him change me. And that doesn't have to wait until heaven. That's right. That, and there we now. go. That's the kingdom of God here that's why now. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here, right now. Yeah. So we're not waiting. So what happens is what we do in status quo Christianity is we just wait. Yeah. We're, you know, I'm getting, I'm fired up. I'm trying not to preach. On, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it too, man. I'm trying not to preach on the podcast, but <laughs> it's pulpit to podcast, but I, I'm not trying to bring it all back here. But yeah. I think that's what irks me so many times. And this is not, I don't get mad at people. I, I, yeah. I, 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 when I preach on Sunday and I'm yelling half the time, which I'm, I'm not mad at you when I preach like that. I'm passionate because... Yeah. This journey I've been on since 1997 has taken so many ups and downs, turns, crevices, deep realities, fallen sin. And as I grow, I yearn and grow more in going, I want to know the God of the universe through His manifest presence in the Son, Jesus Christ, filled by the Holy Spirit. So it's like I'm learning realities more and more and more that speak into my life right here, right now, yeah. as I go Jesus, as I know Jesus, and I know the Lord. For sure. S- status quo Christianity says, I got saved, I show up at church, I'll throw you a few bucks, don't bother me, don't get real involved in my life, I'm just kind of here to do my job, go home to my family, and then I get buried, and hopefully you have a nice memorial for me. Yeah. And I just go... Man, you you've missed it. You've hit the yeah. basics. Yeah, for sure. Of relationship and love and family. Man, it's great. You hit the basics. And there's a common grace God even talks about yeah. that he he sends the rain on the wicked and the righteous. So yeah, we've experienced family and but there's to me I read the scripture and Jesus comes to bring the kingdom that is radically different than my current life and he tells me to seek it first. To seek it first, which yeah. means There is something diametrically opposed to what I have been seeking. Hmm. Whatever this is, is not filling and not growing and transforming. It's distracting and discouraging and keeps me like this. Now, some of those things are not bad. And again, going back to the country aspect, I serve my country. I go vote. I wish I had served the military. All of those things. Those things are not bad in themselves. But when they become opposed to me seeking the kingdom first, I must always go, I'll seek the kingdom first. And then all these things will be added, which they flow into how I do life, whether I'm in the military, whether I'm law enforcement, whether I'm part of the yacht club, or I get together with the guys on the weekend, we do barbecue, or any of those things. It's not flipping switches that I'm a part of different things. It's holistically, I'm in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God must flow into everything that I do. Because, if we get to this next little piece, one of my goals in the kingdom of God Okay, so we talked about bringing heaven to earth, but is to reach people that they would become family members again. Because God created us and says He made us in His image, as image bearers. We talked about this on Sunday a little bit. For sure. And I don't have time to go into all this, but for Him to create us as an image bearer doesn't just mean He created us with attributes that are like Him. It means He created us as representatives, as proxy here on this earth. 
to be a light to those who are fallen in darkness, mm-hmm. that they've been duped by the devil and sin. Yeah. And our job is to lovingly serve them, speak to them, that they would receive the gospel and come be a part of the family that they were intended to be a part of. And as the kingdom of God grows, God loves having a bigger family of those people. Yeah. So that's why this kingdom of heaven has to be right here, right now, because it's not only me living in it, but it's also me yeah. being a representative of that kingdom, right? For sure, yeah. I think of like the kingdom, like the, the scouts that are going out and talking to other countries, and yeah. I'm part of the front lines and the cavalry, or whatever you think of. Like, yeah. I'm a part of all these aspects of the kingdom. So yeah. there's a lot of that that, you know, that's why and I get it, passionate about preaching the gospel, because I don't want people just living in status quo and just, sure. you know, just floating by, man. I don't know. I could go on about this forever, man. For sure. I mean, yeah, we we can keep talking about it and pull this one into <laughs> two parts if we need to. But two parts. Yeah. But the yeah, there's of God. there's so much to unpack with the kingdom of God because um, it, it. Yeah. So but. I asked this question yesterday, and I have even some good friends that have said, "Hey, I want to answer that question with you." And I asked the questions: What are our what are our problems? So so okay, yeah. going back Nehemiah too. So Nehemiah identifies a specific problem. Mm-hmm. And the problem was the gates and the walls are in ruin. So here's a solution. Let's go build it so we're not a yeah. disgrace anymore. So it's like, here's the result of why our gates are torn down. We're a disgrace. We're a reproach. So here's a solution. Let's go build it up. So I kind of talked yesterday about we, we kind of have perceived problems in the church, and they're usually just our inconveniences. Like, I don't like the coffee. It's too black. Or I don't like the music. It's too loud. Whatever it is. Yeah. Those are not problems. Those are just your issues. Yeah. But they're like legitimate problems at the church. And not again, we could spend another 30 minutes talking about these. But that was a question I asked that I would propose to you as you're thinking, and maybe you're watching this podcast, like, okay, what are some legitimate problems in the church that need to be addressed? And I, I, I ended it with this saying, God is still building His kingdom even with all of our problems. Like, He is still building His kingdom. Yeah. It would just help if we, like, addressed these, you know? Yeah. Um, so for you, when you hear that statement, what comes to mind when you go, man, what are some of the, what are some of the issues we're facing as well, a church? I'm going to put you one, on the spot. No, but. no, One quote that I really like that kind of goes along with this, uh, if you've ever listened to Propaganda, he's like a Christian rapper. Okay. He, he's got some interesting things sometimes, but he's, yeah. he's got this really good quote. It says, God uses crooked sticks to make straight lines. Mm. And I love that. That's cool. Like God's building the kingdom, even though there's yeah. there's issues going on, right? I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, what do I see as issues <laughs> in the church? Is that was that the question? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I I threw out some problems. I, I, this I'll, I'll list just three. Yeah. Um. I'll, and not these are not in any order. Um. I just said we don't know Jesus, which this is probably a might be a byproduct. Actually, I would say that that's a byproduct of. What I would say, number two, is we've become, in the church, biblically illiterate, meaning we don't read our Bibles, we don't know what our Bible says, we can't even navigate in the Bibles. We're talking about yeah. Christ followers, 20, 30, 50 years being a Christ follower, and if I, if I ask them about how well they know the God of the Bible and what the Bible says, they don't, they don't know Scripture. And, uh, and then our generations down the road are knowing the Bible less and less. And then I just said this. This is, again, a, a hot topic, but that we've become very consumer-driven in our yeah. church. So it's all about getting better lighting, better this, better coffee, better environments. Everything's got to be so buttoned up. 
that there's something to me. And again, I'm not saying we ditch all that stuff at Camino yeah. Chapel. Because you're not talking about just Camino Chapel. You're talking about like the capital the, C church. Like right. The, the, the church, church globally. Yeah. So we, what we've done is we've become like the monkey show yeah. to keep people happy in their seats. And we're all about nickels and noses, as I heard a mm. good pastor say one time. Um, that when you think about the church like globally, like there are places in Iran that they have a cup of wine and a loaf of bread and the Bible and they're having communion and preaching the word and they are glorifying God and they're in shambles. They're meeting in like bunkers they're meeting in secret house churches and they're exploding. Yeah. Left and right. There's discipleship happening in Iran. Like I pray for here at command chapel. And so you look at these and again, I'm not making a, a I'm not making a broad stroke. I'm just using it as an example of thinking yeah. about these people that are so captivated by the gospel. It's changed everything amidst yeah. amidst persecution. And then here we have people that we have beautiful churches and we have every resource available to us. And churches are not growing because people are just sitting. And yeah. that, this just bothers me, you know, like Anyways, not knowing the truth, biblical literacy, but ultimately not knowing Jesus. I just kind of talked about some of those things. Yeah, it, it feels like a lot of it just comes down to that that first one, like not knowing Jesus or not not keeping the first love, the first love, right? Like yeah. the, the, the love of Jesus as the center and the forefront. Yeah. Um, because like we we start to think of church as like, what can church do for us? As opposed oh, to just man. loving Jesus and pursuing that. Yeah. I mean, you get into, and this is one of those, like another like hot topic issues that like, I, I don't mean to dis, uh, just say this. So when somebody is in need at the church, my greatest goal would be that the small group of people that that person's involved with, yeah, they take up the mantle to go love that person. Yeah. Instead, what happens we is the as the church has become sort of this like empire, so to speak, and so people run, but they don't have people involved in their lives. They don't know people that can help them out. So you just have a people that are like everything I need. I'm going to ask the big church to take care of, versus almost having these <laughs> get, might get in trouble. Many churches out there. So it's like we have small groups and we have Sunday school classes. What does it look like for you to get intimately involved in people that you yourself become the servant to that person in need instead of just saying, yeah, well, let me give you contact with the church and you just call them. Now, yes, man, we want to serve and help people in all arenas. Yeah. But what does it look like for me individually to have someone in my gr- scope and group of people that I'm saying, I want to help out. And that's just the kingdom going forward. For sure. Instead of it just being, and we kind of come back to this privatized industry where like, let's make sure everything looks good, make looks clean and clean lines and everything has to be very because we want more people to come in because we want more people in the seats and we'll, if more people in the seats and more money will come in. And, <laughs> and it's like, oof. We've, well, we've kind of missed it, man. And that starts with a good thing because initially people right. are like, we want people in the seats so that they can hear the gospel. But then right. it becomes this like, we yeah. want people in the seats so we can have more money, so we can yeah. reach more people, so we can. And it just it quickly becomes a yeah. snowball to something. A not good, good thing turns bad. Yeah, it becomes rotten. And yeah, because I'm the same guy. Like, I want to see Kamano Ch- just like probably any good pastor does. They want to see a ton of people come to service. Yeah. Not because they want to get seats filled. I want to, I want people to know Jesus. 
I want yeah. them to hear the gospel. What yeah. happens is if you don't keep the kingdom at the very front of your nose, you don't keep it as the lens through which you see everything, what happens is you kind of take that kingdom yeah. lens off and you start looking at the congregation through the lens of a worldly lens and worldly wisdom. Yeah. And you got to keep the church running. You got to keep more people coming. And if people aren't happy, and what happens if they're not happy? And, and, and all of a sudden, the snowball effect goes, and the enemy has just sucker punched yeah. you because you didn't keep the right things in front of you and you didn't see the gospel infused and everything. Because there's going to be things at the chapel that we're probably going to do that are going to make people mad. Yep. Because God led the elders and the staff to move and do things. That's not an indictment on people, it's just to say, just like Moses goes and takes a million plus people across the desert, we're all prone to complaining. Like, we're hungry. We want meat. And God, yeah. <laughs> Moses goes to God and gets, gets quail or dove. And then like, we want bread. And so like, there's yeah. manna. We're, we're thirsty. And it's like all yeah. these things that we're just prone to complain. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, you know. Yeah. That's just kind of what happens in status quo Christianity. We're just yeah. prone to just, well, I need, I want, you know. And, and and even as church staff, like, we struggle with that too sometimes mm-hmm. of, of complaining that like, oh, well, we want to do this program or, or I want to do this thing with, with tech. It, yeah. Like, let's just keep the main thing the main thing. Focus on yeah. Jesus. There's a lot of those pieces that we have to be thinking through yeah. how we build the church and it, you know, thinking through good things, but ultimately yeah. how, how are we doing things great for the kingdom of God? And yeah. then we're always working on it. We're always kind of going back to Nehemiah. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. Yeah. If we get to a point where we stop, and this is going to be one of those things that we get into way later down the road um, in Nehemiah, Nehemiah yeah. is they're still having to do all this reform. So you think, yes, we built the temple. We got the walls back. We're in the glory days. And you quickly realize, even at the end of Nehemiah, they're still working on it. And we can never stop working on what God's called us to because we're fallen, broken human beings, constantly in need of the kingdom of God to be the first thing we're seeking to infect and impact everything that we do. So, anyways, there's all kinds of ramblings today, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Well, I, I think we need to close up shop. I think yeah. we've been talking a lot, but we you've stuck around. around. I mean, that's that's great. Congrats to you <laughs> if you stuck around. <laughs> like you get a gold star because you stuck Ooh. around. No. Um, every week we put this thing out on yep. Tuesdays. Um, we, we film on Mondays. And so, again, we tell you, uh, email us or leave in the comments. Yep. You, you want us to dive into a particular subject. We would love to hear that. Um, it sure. could be just a topic in life. It could be something we're going through as a church. It might even be a goofy topic. Um, man, leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. We're going to keep going through some Nehemiah stuff if that's good for you. But other than that, man, I think we will wrap up and see you guys next Tuesday. You'll see us. Well, we won't <laughs> see you, but you'll see us. So, yeah. Sounds great. All right. Yeah. See you guys. See ya.